Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. All right, Isaiah chapter number 26 this evening. And uh, as I, <clears throat> uh, this is typically we're going through an overview of the Bible, but tonight I, I woke up. Do you ever wake up with, with a, something on your mind and it's just kind of there? I guess we all wake up with something on our mind, right? But I woke up this morning um, with Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 3 on my mind. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I have a little bit of a morning process. I, I make sure the coffee's going. I, I go out, and, I, and then I, I might lay down just for a little bit more. But I just circulated on this, on, this, uh, on this verse this morning. I thought, boy, I can't get away from this. And so we're just going to take some time to study this tonight. And I hope that it will be a blessing to you. And so Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 1, and I want to read a few verses and to set context, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll study this together. And so Isaiah 26 and verse number 1, it says, In that day, notice, in that day shall this song be sung in the land of where? Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. I'd like to, I'd like to see that nation. <laughs> that righteous nation which keepeth, guardeth the truth may enter in. That's pretty good. Now notice verse number three. Let's read it out loud together. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah, uh, in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high. Talking about arrogant, prideful people. The lofty city, he layeth it low. He layeth it low even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. So the, the tables will be turned. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou, most upright, doth weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the, ways of, in the way of judgment, or thy judgment, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be shown to uh, let favor be shown to the wicked. Yet will he not learn righteousness? In the land of the uprightness will he deal unjustly, and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see. 
but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. And so the, 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 uh, the, the song goes on. But encapsulated in there is these two verses that are pretty familiar. I, I dare say that most of us have that, that memorized. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Let's ask God to bless this and help us to, to capture uh, truth tonight. Father, thank you for uh, your truth and your word. And thank you for this particular song that is given to us by the prophet Isaiah under inspiration. We pray that it would be applied to our hearts tonight and that we would be able to live in the, in the, in the strength of it, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, it's interesting that this song is given in the, uh, in the time, or it's, a, it's looking forward to the time w- with a faithful remnant that would be alive and going through, a faithful remnant of Israelites that would be going through the Great Tribulation. Where are you going to be during the Great Tribulation? Are you all sure about that? Yeah, and so praise the Lord for that. And so the Great Tribulation, can anyone tell me what, when we say the Great Tribulation, what are we referring to? So it's it's after the rapture. But what specifically, you know, we call, how long is the tribulation? Seven years. What is the great tribulation often referred to? The latter, thir- on the latter half of the, of the tribulation. So it means it's how many, how many years? It's three and a half. All right, so guys, give me that graph up there. Just uh, if you've not seen this before, uh, Bob Shelton put this together. But you have the rapture of the church. You have the, um, that immediately we're going into the uh, the first half of the tribulation, and uh, you have that, that 70th week of Daniel's um, prophecy, uh, and then the, that latter part is the, the great tribulation. And uh, during that time, Jesus said that, that the world would be so tormented, so, so judged, that it would nearly decimate all of life. You begin reading through Revelation, you realize, I mean, we're losing chunks of the world at a time. And we think that, you know, that death is on the earth now. That is going to be an awful time to live. But can you imagine living as those that have received Christ, have believed on Christ, are a faithful remnant of Israelites who have received the message and they're living in the midst of that? Can you imagine? All the different judgments that are coming against and all the different, um, the, the wrath of God being outpoured upon the earth. It's going to be a time of distress such as never has occurred on the earth before. And so this song is to be sung by a faithful remnant, by a group of people that have said yes to the Messiah, and they're living still in the middle of that. Now, we think in our minds, we, we consider the trouble that we go through, and we wonder, how am I going to stay faithful to the Lord? And, you know, when is this going to go back to normal? When are we going to be able to just enjoy life? Now listen, these folks were living in the midst of of, of something the earth has never experienced before, the outpouring of God's wrath upon the earth with a focus towards Israel. They're living towards that, yet God still is ministering and helping those that have faith in him, that are trusting in him. So no matter what we're facing tonight, number one, you know, what you're facing is real to you and it's big to you. I understand that. But this gives me hope that even to the believers that were facing the great tribulation or will face the great tribulation, 
to those, God has a, a, a message and a song they can sing and some truth about our God. And so this ought to really help us with any distress that we're dealing with, with anything that we're facing in our country, in our world, around us, that we can, we can have confidence that we're kept by God. So notice there in verse number three, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. This is a, a declaration. This is a reality. This is a, if you will, a truth that must be embraced. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. This is a song that is sung. And, and uh, like we sang a song uh, just a moment ago, and I thought those are appropriate songs that we sang tonight because they're all about him, which our eyes need to be lifted up to him in the middle of this week. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Notice the source of peace. There is God himself. Let's throw out some attributes of God right now that are on the top of your, uh, top of your mind. What are attributes of God that we should remember when we're thinking thou, God himself, this God is the one who keeps us in perfect peace. What are some of the attributes of our God? Full of grace. Mercy. Merciful. Mm. All power. Holiness. Wrath. It goes right along with his holiness. Yeah. What else? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. He has all knowledge. He sees it all. Uh, we are all completely manifest to him. He's infinite. Um, he, is, he knows the right amount of correction. The right amount of, of wrath. See, so he's measured. His wrath is measured. He's wise. Anything else? What? Merciful. Faithful. All loving. Right, so these attributes of our, of our God uh, are, are helpful for us to remember that this is the one who says, I will keep you in perfect peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Now notice that, that he is the source of our, our peace. Uh, the one who is the judge of all the earth, as Abraham said, is the source of our peace. Philippians 4 and verse number 7, and the peace of God, not the peace with God. Uh, in fact, turn over for a moment just to, uh, to draw that, uh, that conclusion. Uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. Romans 5 and verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we're made righteous by faith, we have peace with God, with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can have peace with God and not the peace of God. And I dare say that each one of us have found that out. You can be saved and have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is, there is peace that has come. There's no more enmity between you and, and, and God. You're now friends. He is your father. You are his son or daughter. So there's a peace with God, but we can go through our Christian lives without the peace of God, not, not walking in the reality of that. So he says in Philippians 4 and verse 7, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding. It's the peace that comes from God, it flows from God. We'll never be at peace uh, in, our, in our hearts until we have the peace of God. There is no peace outside of, 
of God. In fact, the wicked has no hope of finding this peace. Uh, first of all, they haven't made peace with God, so they can't have the peace of God. They have no hope of this. Jeremiah 8 and verse 11 says, For they have healed, speaking of some prophets, false prophets, healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. What are they saying? Ah, you're all, you're all good? You're all good? No, there's no peace with God, so there's no peace of God. Isaiah 48 and verse 22, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Do you realize the, the wicked talk about, you know, everything's good? You know what LG means? You have a refrigerator? How many of you have a LG phone or a LG, LG TV or whatever? Life is good. You know, the, on the world talks about life being good. It's all good. I'm, I'm good. But without peace from God, which stems from God out of a relationship with God, there is no peace. God says that. And so you can, you can mark it down that the, those that are apart from God right now that you'll run into the rest of this, on this week, they are not living in peace. Oh, they might numb it with alcohol, they might numb it with drugs, they might numb it with entertainment, zombifying themselves in front, of a, uh, you know, in front of a phone or whatever. They might numb it in different ways, but they do not have peace. God said that. So there's the, the source of peace. It's God here in this verse. The security of peace, thou will keep him. The word keep is to keep safely, to maintain safety uh, from injury, harm, and danger. And the cool thing about this, the idea of this word is that it's, it's ongoing, it's, it's repeated, it goes on and on and on. So the one who knows all things, is sovereign over all things, is in control of all things, is holy and loving, says that he's the one that will and will and will and will and will keep us in perfect peace. That's the idea. It's ongoing. It doesn't ever stop. And the idea of this word to keep is to, to, to guard as with a garrison, as with a troop of soldiers. So this brings me back to uh, this summer when I was in West Virginia, um, uh, in Petersburg, West Virginia, and I passed by this, this fort. I don't always stop at these things uh, because sometimes I, um, I like to listen to things rather than read things, and it gets me. And so when you go out there, you don't have an audio book. So I, I had to put my mind engaged, but I needed to spend a little bit of time with Jack. And so we went up to this fort together, just he and I. And, uh, and the next day I brought the rest of the family up. But we, we walked around that, uh, that fort. It's Fort Mulligan after Colonel James Mulligan. Anyone recognize that name? So here's, here's this, on this fort. Uh, Petersburg is in the middle of some mountains. Um, but on one of the hills in Petersburg, a, a, a high hill, is this Fort Mulligan. And so this is one of the, uh, one of the, uh, the pictures that is there around, around the fort. It's a very large, large fort, hundreds and hundreds of feet long. But it is up on a mountain, and what they did is they, they downed a bunch of trees, they sawed down a bunch of trees, and they piled them up there, and they made earthen mounds up there. So these, these, this mounding that you see um, is, is facing towards Petersburg, if you're looking this way. I don't know which... Uh, which direction that, that was. You notice they even had a sally port where they, where they could come in. But you see in the middle, they had a bomb proof. It was one of the first, uh, first bomb proofs. It was a very, very large bomb proof, but it was mounds around with, uh, with a lot of earth on top and so forth. And you walk around the, these mounds and you realize 
wow, they had quite an advantage looking down. Would you go back to the previous picture? You can see the, the mountains behind, um, behind me. They had quite an advantage to look down. There was a valley in between uh, this hill and the mountains. They had quite an advantage. And you see my kids uh, standing there on the mountains. So uh, they could be up there hiding out, and they were very much protected. And if there was uh, mortars being shot in there, they could, uh, they could go into the bomb proof and, and, and so on. And so go back to the, the other, other slide. So here's the idea. Uh, this, this mounding took months upon months and even through the winter uh, to build. Thousands of soldiers worked on this. And uh, one of the lessons I brought out to my son is, you know, we were talking about our minds and the importance of, of, of setting up fortresses in our minds that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time to build. But once you build them, they're there. And you can... You can hide behind those, and, and that those barriers are barriers of truth, reality of truths about God. But for our purposes tonight, I just want you to think about this, that God says, thou, I, God, will keep him in perfect peace. He will guard him in perfect peace. Uh, it is on one of the placards that's up there, it says that this, this fort was considered to be impregnable. It was a safe, very, very safe fort. For them, it was not like the fort that I, I visited earlier in the summer, Fort Necessity, out in Pennsylvania. That that really was uh, the place where George Washington lost his first battle. So it wasn't like uh, like that. It was an impregnable fort on top of a mountain that they worked very, very diligently. And I just want us to remember tonight that God is the one, the one who has everything in control. Is the one that is saying, "I will keep, I will guard you, I will guard as with a garrison, with that perfect peace." That's that's our God. And so he says in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He's going to do the guarding. He's going to do the protecting. He's going to do the mounding with that, with that perfect peace. God himself desires you to experience the security of his peace, the safety of his peace, the protection of his peace, no matter what's going on around you. So no matter what storm is in your home, no matter what storm is around your home, no matter what storm's at work, no matter what storm's at play in our nation, God expects, he says that he can keep us in perfect peace. And he will do that and will do that and will do that and will do that over and over again. There's a security inside that peace. And uh, that's something that the world ought to be able to see in us. They ought to be able to see our hearts at rest despite everything that's going on around us. But notice the superiority of that peace. There's the sources. God, the security is, is the fact that he's going to keep us. He's going to guard us as with a garrison. But notice when he says it's perfect peace. It's not just peace. It's perfect peace. It's complete peace. And really, the word peace here literally is doubled in the, the original, and it's the idea of peace upon peace. It's, it's a double effect there that God is saying. It's a place of safety, a state of safety, a state of settledness, a state of inner tranquility that God says, I will keep you with. I will guard you with this. And so he says in John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, Jesus speaking, not as the world giveth, uh, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And this is the peace that he's saying. It's a perfect peace. It's not like anything the world can conjure up. The world can't give us this type of peace. And so here's a real simple question for us. Are we living in that type of peace? 
is this our reality? Do you feel bunkered in? Do you feel mounded in as with earth, earthen mounds there? Do you feel like you're standing? I, I know you can't uh, go with me in my mind's eye, but uh, as I stood up there, it just, it just kind of hit me. Those that were down in the valleys and would have to rush up this hill, they had no advantage. They had no advantage at all. They were safe up there. They were protected up there. And are you, are you as it were, on top of that mountain, garrisoned, uh, guarded by the peace of God? So is whatever Satan throws your way, whatever comes your way, whatever spiritual attack comes your way, that you're being guarded by, by the peace of God, that perfect peace of God. It's an amazing thought. Is there divine calm in your heart? How's your sleep? I don't sleep because I'm mature. Mature, if you're new here, is my way of not saying old age. How's your sleep? What keeps you up? What wakes you up? You know, the Bible talks about the Lord giving his beloved sleep. And I know sometimes uh, for you ladies, sometimes the way that God created your minds, very, very special, but you know, it's going like this, and you're trying to sleep, right? How many of you ladies would agree with that, right? Uh, sometimes the lady might need to go write it all out, get it all out in paper, and then uh, go lay down. Give it all to God. Have you ever practiced that? Go write it all out. Get it off. Get it off the mind. But the thing is, what keeps us up, what um, wakes us up, uh, you know, if, if our minds are right at the trouble, right at the problems that we're facing. I've been there. You wake up early thinking, oh, man, i got to deal with this. Are we garrisoned by the peace of God? Are we protected? Are we, are we well within the confines of his peace and enjoying this, this, this truth that he wants to be a reality in our lives? So here's the thing. When, not if, when we are not experiencing this kind of peace and this type of security, this state of security, when we are not, because we'll all be there at some point or another, when we are not, there is a reality that we need to acknowledge. And here's the reality. Notice in verse number three, whose mind is stayed upon thee. The first part of that verse hinges on this part. Whose mind is stayed on thee. So in other words, if I'm not, sensing that peace if i'm not sensing the security of that peace that god says he will give uh, he will give to me it is also true that my mind is not stayed on him so let's follow this uh, follow this through whose mind is stayed on thee think about the support of our mind the support of our mental attitude the support of our mind that's exactly what the idea of mind is that that inclination or the attitude of my mind and especially one that favors, uh, one that is directed in a certain way. So the attitude of my mind. Have you ever been around a person that just everything is negative? Have you ever been around a person that everything's positive and you're like, I just want to like poke that and see if that's real. You know, like, you know, come on now. And not everything. So you know what I'm saying? So we're talking about an inclination of mind, a, a mental attitude that's inclined in a certain way. So here's what God is saying. The support of that mind, that, that mental attitude, is to be God. So the support whose mind is stayed on thee. Um, we've made some hiking sticks. And uh, my kids have several and so forth, and we, you know, we varnish them and so on. We, you know, 
uh, one of my kids has a, a, ch a Chinese uh, elm. That's a tree. I'm, I'm messing up on the tree, but it's a, a really uh, fun tree over in, in West Virginia that we found a nice branch off of when we sanded it down and made it really nice and engraved it and so on. Uh, and you go on a hike and you use that as a stay, right? Uh, it, it keeps you up. Some of you from time to time might have to walk with a cane. It's a, it's a stay, right? It's a stay. So the idea here is God says, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Who stayed upon thee. Now think about this. This word stay is to be made secure, to be firm, to be supported. But the, the really cool thing is this word stay is passive, which means the subject isn't the one doing the action. Uh, it, it is stayed upon. So I was thinking like this, a house will not crumble because its foundation is supported by the bedrock. It's built on bedwork, so it's supported. The bedrock is doing the supporting. So who's doing the supporting here? It's God doing the supporting, but you and I rest in perfect peace when, when our God is doing that supporting of our mental, of our, our mentality, of our mental inclination, our mental attitude. So everything needs to be supported by him. And so the hymn writer says, stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed. Finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. So when we're stayed, when we're supported, when our, our mental attitude is supported by God and who he is and what he offers to us by God himself, then it's then that we have that perfect peace. Now notice here, the support of our mental attitude is determined by the placement of our trust. Because if you go on in the verse, he says, whose mind is stayed on thee, colon, okay, what else? Because he trusts in thee. And so it's like we kind of keep going backwards. He says, thou would keep him in perfect peace, okay? How? Whose mind is stayed on thee, it's being supported by him. How? Because he trusts in him. So it just kind of keeps walking, walking the thought backward, building it up. And so the idea of trust is to confide. You, you have people you confide in, right? You might confide in your spouse. You might confide in a, in a lawyer. You might confide in a, a personal friend. But when you confide in somebody, you are declaring, I really trust you with this information, right? You do. So God says here, because he trusts, he confides, he has confidence, and it's so much so, he so trusts that his hope and his confidence is set in that object, in God. All my hope, all my confidence is right there. So, walk with me in this thought. God keeps us in perfect peace as our mental attitude is fully supported by him and all that he is. All his attributes is fully supported by him because we have trusted him to the point that we've set all of our hope and all of our confidence in him. And friends, that's the place where God wants us to be. In the middle of the week, that's where he wants us to be. He wants us to be in that state of, of peace. Uh, Psalm 1 and, uh, 112 and verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is set. His heart is settled trusting in the Lord. And so that's how it goes. So sometimes we, uh, our attitude, our mental attitude is not in, at peace. And if we walk that back, it's because ultimately we're not trusting in him. Now let me say this, and I feel that this is important to say, and I'll probably say it more as we go along, especially in the day in which we live. There are some times where our minds physically 
are out of balance. And it is a struggle to, to, to be walking in peace, and there might need to be a medicine to physically support and get something back in balance. So just, you know, I, I find that sometimes people are like, you know, either or. Like, and it's kind of the, the idea that, well, just slap a verse on it, think right, and it'll all, it'll all go away. There are some times where there's something physically out of balance that, that needs some medical attention. So I just want to say that, that so that we understand that. But for those that, you know, if we're on an even playing field here and, 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 and our body is, is working as, as we ought to, and we ought not use that as a, as, a, as a, just allow God to use, you know, give wisdom to get back in, in balance, use medicine to get back in balance. But ultimately, God wants us to be putting our mind, allowing him to be the stay of our mind. Why uh, and how? By trusting in him, by confiding in him, making our confidence him. So this being the case, we have to develop a habit. Verse number four, what is the summation of this short part of this song? The summation is, trust ye in the Lord Jehovah. If this is how you get guarded by the peace, if this is how you're standing on the mountain, surrounded by the earthworks, where none of the Confederate soldiers are able to get a shot at you, uh, then, then this is what we need to do. We need to trust ye in the Lord forever. And it needs to be a constant trust that we begin to, uh, this habit we're forming and developing. And the reason I use develop is because it takes work and practice and going back at it, and it doesn't look pretty. It's not all consistent all the time. We, we have to work at it. We have to develop it. And so this constant trust, we need to constantly confide and constantly hope and constantly expect for how long? Forever. Forever. There's never a point where you and I can get away from this, this being the way, this being the pathway to finding perfect peace. There's no way around it. We have to do this forever. We have to constantly trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understandings. Always going back to trusting him. How is that for you today? Did you trust and confide and completely depend on him today for every step, for every move? And so that's, that's what we have to do. Uh, there's no way around this. This is a habit that we have to work towards. If you find yourself disturbed tonight in your mind, you're like, man, I'm, I'm not there. I'm not there. Well, let's get back to this trusting thing. Let's meditate on that. Let's study what that means. Let's do a Bible word search on trusting God. Do a study. Uh, look at stories such as Daniel going into the lion's den. Do you think Daniel might have just had a little bit of, but you know what? I wonder if he slept that night. You think those guys that went into the fiery furnace, were they trusting the Lord? Were they at peace? They boldly declared. It, it, King, if, if God saves us, great, but if not, we're going to do this anyway. Where does that come from? Where does that inner tranquility come from? From trusting in him explicitly, completely. Uh, I, think about, I think about Joseph at the end of his life and they're wondering if, if Joseph's going to kill off the brothers. And he says, you meant it unto me for evil, but God meant it unto me for good. Where did that inner peace come from? He trusted God, and his eyes weren't on his brothers and all that they did. He trusted God. And so we have to form and develop this habit of constantly trusting him. And you know what? One of the things we can do to help each other out 
is being real about the times we don't trust him and be real about the times, testify, boy, I trusted the Lord, and he came through, uh, he really showed me this and testified to one another, but also just watching out for one another, encouraging that trust, praying for that trust. And that's a specific prayer request that we can pray for everyone in this room, that tomorrow as we wake up, that each one of us would go into the day fully trusting him, confiding in our God. So, but notice here, he keeps on walking backwards, if you will, at the last part of verse number four. For in the Lord Jehovah, why should you trust him? For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. We can constantly trust God because God is consistently trustable. The reason you can form this habit, the reason you can develop this habit is because God is trustable. The Lord Jehovah in him is everlasting strength. I think about that. How, how is that written out in your Bible? The Lord Jehovah. How is that noted in your Bible? Huh? So, Brother Wayne, what's, what's God telling us there? Yes. But it's, it's mentioned twice. Yeah. And so... What is, what is being said here is in, in, in the self-existent one, in the self-existent one, just remember there is everlasting strength. All that you need is found in God. You can trust that type of God. And I just did a, a, a little bit, you know the Bible, and we went through this with the names of God, but not all of them, but uh, Jehovah Nisi, the, the Lord, my banner, the one that is uh, overseeing and overarching me. The Lord, my shepherd, is another Jehovah. The Lord that heals. The Lord that is there. Uh, the Lord, our righteousness. The Lord who sanctifies and sets us apart. Jehovah Jireh, that's a common one that we, uh, that we hear. In fact, there's Jehovah Jireh Ministries that helps churches get their first building. And uh, they actually help Brother Pete. They're helping Brother Pete. They give a grant and so forth. But Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Do you remember where that comes from? Up on top of Mount Moriah with Abraham and Isaac. Uh, the Lord will provide. What was he saying, Jehovah Jireh? The Lord will provide. You know what? He says, the Lord Jehovah, the one who provides. You add all these little addendums onto these, these not, you can call them qualifiers or these adjectives of, of our God. The Lord who will provide. And that's amazing. The Lord is peace. There's another Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. The Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth. And, and you think about all, the, all that's wrapped up in the name of the Lord Jehovah and God is saying to you and I, you can trust me because I am that God. There's nothing that I do not have. There is no strength that I do not have and I cannot give to you. And so why would we not trust in the Lord Jehovah? Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We will remember what? The name of the Lord our God. It's all wrapped up right there. He is everything, and his names describe him in such a phenomenal way. Why is it awesome to, to be able to sing, crown him with many crowns, and all the power of Jesus' name? Because we're lifting up the name of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is who he is. He's worthy to be crowned. He's worthy to be praised and all, all of those things, and we can trust in him. So, friends, you know, as, as we're on, a, on, on the Wednesday, 
we're in Wednesday of the week. We can go back out there tomorrow. This is the God that wants to just secure us with peace. He wants to put you right on top of that, that mountain, mounded up with all sorts of, uh, of barriers and guards and garrisons. He says, I'll keep you in perfect peace. That's what he wants to do. But it all goes back to trusting him, confiding in him, who is worthy to be trusted. He is absolutely trustable. So they say that mental illness is on the rise, right? And I understand it. And some of it's physical and, and some of it's just plain out spiritual. Uh, and loneliness, isolation, all those things, all those factors. Um, Statistica, it has, um, has a graph that I want to show you. Uh, the pandemic, they say, has caused a spike in anxiety and depression and all those things, right? We understand that. You see it in people's faces. You see the emptiness in people's eyes, right? You, you see them avoiding eye contact, which is something I don't know if I, I, when I was walking into Christ Hospital, I may have mentioned this before to you, but um, it really hit me as I was walking into the hospital to visit Larry Carr that people, people avoiding eye contact, eye contact in, a, in a very, I don't know, it seems to stand out to me more and more now. I remember when I was in India, no one made eye contact. It was just, you know. But seeing that wash over America, I don't know, if it, you know how it all uh, you know, plays in, but I'm just saying there's a, there's a loneliness, there's an isolation, there's a distance between, right? Even the whole social distancing thing has caused this distance. The masking thing, not, this isn't a comment, I'm but, but simply it has is, it is caused a distance well, it's all translated. We are living in a day where believers can be struggling with and have before. It's not that they didn't before, but can really struggle with being at peace in their minds. And it's heightened right now. And the people we're around, it's heightened right now. But we need to remember, we always have to go back to the word to get the answers. There's sometimes God needs to bring us to a doctor to get some you know, get some physical answers, get back on track. We always got to go back to the word. And this is a song that was to be sung or will be sung someday in the great tribulation by the faithful remnant who believe in God. And if they can sing that then, we should be able to sing it now. Right? And so let's make this, by God's grace, the reality of our lives. That will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Let's read this out loud together. Let's stand and read it, and we'll just commit this to the Lord. Let's read together. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Let's give this to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, tonight for this opportunity just to look into your word. And we do pray for your help with this pray for these, my friends that have gathered tonight, that, that each one of us would be able to trust in you so that we can experience uh, the reality of your peace, the security of your peace. Help us, Lord, in this way. Help the world not to see in us tomorrow disturb, disturbed minds, anxiousness. I pray that we be settled at peace. Lord, help us. Your heads bowed, would you commit that to the Lord? Would you just say, Lord, that I want that reality. I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going 
I'm going to memorize that verse. I'm going to, I'm going to take that with me. Father, thank you for being Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Thank you for that. Now guide each one of uh, your, your believers, your sheep, into this, we pray, uh, through these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode, and please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for checking out this episode. I look forward to having you join us again right here on the Grace Baptist Church podcast.